What's up, Hyperfast Nation? On this episode of the show, we've got an amazing guest. He immigrated not once, but twice to the United States, has built an amazing multi-million dollar wholesaling business, a multi-million dollar fix and flip business. Now he's doing coaching and events to help teach other people how to scale their businesses. Welcome to the show, Carlos Reyes. All right. Welcome to the show today, Carlos. How are you doing? Hey, brother. Uh, thank you for having me. It's 11 o'clock here at 1113. Uh, excited to be able to, you know, whatever we can do to serve and provide value to anybody out there that's listening. Awesome. So yeah, before the show, I know we were, you, we were talking about some exciting stuff you've got going on wholesaling pretty much everywhere. You got flip, uh, fix and flips in multiple states. Uh, mm -hmm. Before we kind of get into some of that stuff. Do you want to give, give people a little bit of your, uh, your bio? Absolutely, man. Um, you know, a lot of people, uh, they, they may not know this, but I'm, I'm an immigrant, you know, I'm, I wasn't born in this country. I, um, I became a citizen in 2012. Um, you know, I was brought here legally by my mother, uh, twice. Uh, the first time it didn't work out. We went to uh, California. The first time we got in through a, uh, a sewer canal and we were only, we only lasted there about a year and a half. Um, second and third grade went back, back to Mexico. I started, um, I, I was always working even as a kid. Like I remember being five, you know, five, six years old, going door to door and selling bread <laughs> in Mexico. Um, and then, you know, we, we got to America, like I said, second grade, third grade, um, it did not work out. Um, it was very expensive for my, for my mother. Uh, she's, you know, she's a single mother and she's a single mother and not in the sense of like, you know, one of those single mothers and not no disrespect because I have respect for, you know, all, all single mothers and all mothers in general. Right. But um, she she decided to leave my father um, when I was about two years old because he was just toxic and he still is. <laughs> he, you know, he's still alive. He's down in Mexico. But um, yeah, she left him uh, for us. You know, it's, it just wasn't really working out. And um, she uh, she rolled the dice on the American dream. You know, she uh, she was the only she was like the black sheep of the family, right? Uh, when, when she told her entire family in Mexico that she was gonna try to cross over and try to create a life here in America, everybody thought she was absolutely insane. They thought, you know, what, like what? You know, what are you, what are you thinking? You, you have two kids, you have, you know, you have two sons. Why are you doing this? You know, like, it, it, that's just how it is. You know how it is when you try, when you wanna do something almost that seems impossible, you're going to get a lot of resistance from family, from friends, yep. you know, from all kinds of different parts of the world. Right. So, you know what? She didn't listen. And I'm very thankful that she did not listen. So uh, she made her way over. Like I said, we might've failed the first time we went back to Mexico, but I'll tell you what, uh, I started back in groceries. Now I'm, I'm, I'm in the um, uh, fourth, fifth and sixth grade and I'm back in groceries and uh, between her and I, you know, she's cleaning out hotel rooms and I'm bagging groceries and we're saving up enough money to try to make our second attempt 
uh, to, to surviving in this country. And during that second attempt, uh, again, she left for about a year and a half. Uh, she came to here, uh, here where I am today, which is Phoenix, Arizona. Um, we've, you know, she finally got it dialed in. She came back for me first. She paid a guy $25 to sneak me through a fence in Nogales. It's a border uh, of uh, Arizona and Sonora, northern state in Mexico. I got in uh, in 1997. She started working on uh, my immigration status here. Um, I became a citizen in 2012. I started my entrepreneur journey in 2013. In 2014, I finally like struck gold. You know, I finally got, I finally found something that worked. You know, I tried, you know, flipping cars, uh, clothing companies. Like I was trying everything, all kinds of different arbitrage ventures, right? And then I, uh, I, I read a book. It was a $10 book. Uh, I, was, I was pretty broke around that time. I had a nine to five job and, you know, it, it just wasn't going anywhere, man. I was making between four and $5,000 a month and I was working my butt off. Like I was working, I mean, I was working like 70 hours a week at that, you know, nine to five job just to punch in overtime and get more money. Right. So I was like, man, this is not sustainable. Like I'm sitting here making 60, $70,000 a year and, and no disrespect, you know, the owner deserves, he took all the risk. He deserves to make all the money he wants. I'm producing millions of dollars for the owner, man. I got to go and try to find my own way, you know, try to try to build my own company. Right. And that's something that I always wanted to do as a child. So like I said, man, 2013, I started digging around. I read a $10 book called flip by Nick Ruiz and it's an old school book, but you know what? It, it had just enough information for me to really get going. If that makes any sense. Right. Uh, that book, you know, it said, Hey, if you're broke, put out bandit signs. So I started putting out <laughs> bandit signs every weekend. Right. Um, I started putting out bandit signs, uh, Friday nights at 11 PM, sir. Good morning. Started putting out bandit signs at 11 PM, um, uh, 11 PM at night to around Saturday, two, three in the morning. I did that for six months. It took me 2,400 bandit signs. And then, um, and then I landed my first deal. Uh, it was a distressed landlord, uh, just somebody who was tired of being a landlord. They had a rental property. Um, they didn't want to deal with the renters anymore. They didn't want to deal with uh, cleaning the property, renovating the property, renting the property. They had a renter that was on their way out. So I made them a deal. You know, I, I got this deal in the contract. I, I was broke. You know, I was broke. So I only had about $100 to put as an earnest uh, deposit. And I found on Facebook, I found a, uh, a, a guy that was going to fix and flip it, an investor. So then I assigned that contract, the rights to that contract to this fix and flipper, I made five grand. And then that first deal changed the rest of my life. I made my first million dollars in 2016. So remember this, 2014, I do my first deal. Two years later, I make my first million dollars in uh, gross profit, gross profit, right? 2017, I mean, it, it started getting crazy. You know, it started, it started really taking off. 2018, I'm teaching people all across the country because by in 2017, I spent a million dollars in marketing on how to figure, you know, how to dial in uh, real estate, you know, wholesale marketing and how to land these off-market discounted properties through, you know, creative marketing channels like pay-per-click, cold calling, direct mail, um, uh, SMS, ringless voicemail. I mean, you name it, I did it. I spent a million dollars. So in 2018, I started teaching other people how to actually build seven-figure companies. And that's how I kind of made a name for myself in this industry is I, yeah, you know, my organization has flipped over a thousand properties, but man, we've helped 
hundreds, if not thousands of people reach financial freedom through real estate investing uh, by helping them set up what, what I have here. This is a full-blown operation. You know, I got acquisition managers. I got uh, sales directors. I have um, asset directors, which handle all my fix and flipping. I got disposition managers on the wholesale side. I got transaction coordinators. I got a CFO. I got a COO. I actually bought this building in uh, December of 2019. Like I said, one deal, one, one little small $5,000 deal changed the, the trajectory of my life and the trajectory of the life of not only my family, but the trajectory of the life of, like I said, hundreds, if not thousands of people, because I do about four events a year. My last event here had 758 people. It's called Freedom. I got an event at the end of July. Actually, I got, a, I got an event this Friday and Saturday. It's called Momentum. It's for high executives, people that are doing you know, three, five deals, 10 deals, and they want to actually set up a real estate flipping machine through people and automation, things like that. So that's my backstory, man. That's how I made a name in this business. How did you go from that first deal, 5,000, you know, dollar profit wholesale deal? How'd you go from that to, you know, two years later, you did a million. Making my first so, million dollars. Um, yeah. Well, I'll tell you exactly how I did it. The first uh, 14 and 15, um, it was just me and my business partner. And I was handling a lot of the acquisitions, um, a lot of the acquisitions. He was handling a lot of the marketing, a lot of dispositions. Believe it or not, a two-man operation can make a million dollars. A two-man operation can make a million dollars. And what we did that nobody else was really doing at that time, we were virtually wholesaling. Not, not only were we getting a bunch of deals in our own backyard, but we were already, we had already expanded to Las Vegas in 20, uh, 2015, right? And we were, I mean, Las Vegas in 2014, 2015, absolutely booming. Like we got in at the right time. There wasn't a lot of competition. Phoenix was saturated. And don't get me wrong. We were still doing like 10, 15 deals a month here, but we started doing 20, 30 deals a month there virtually from Phoenix. You know, we're over here uh contracting and wholesaling these deals in las vegas after you know after we did a million dollars um what we started to do was we started investing money into uh better marketing we started actually investing about 90 to one hundred ten thousand dollars a month that, that was the range in just marketing cost right forty fifty thousand dollars in pay-per-click um twenty to thirty thousand dollars in, in in direct mail um we, we we started cold we started you know hiring out cold calling and the thing that really changed, two things really changed our, our changed the, the game for us in, in, in this business. When we started improving our systems, right? The way that, you know, everything we did was we took a systematic approach. And when we started hiring people, like mm -hmm. good people, the first person that I hired was an acquisition manager, somebody to actually help me get more deals, right? Hey, hold that thought um, for a minute. Right do you want to take your real estate business you know, to the next the right level? Systems if you do, there's no reason to go it like alone. I said, man, Learn I from people who've been where you want to go. Thing. Carrie and I have sold but billions of dollars in real estate. Like, netted over three, seven figures million, for seven, seven years in a row now. And we want to see if you would be a good fit to work for us. We don't work with a lot of people. But we want to give you a chance to get on a free strategy call to see if we can help you get your business that. to the next level. You, have, Go to hyperfastcoach.com uh, and apply for your discovery you, session today. Again, that's hyperfastcoach.com. Again, it comes down, especially on the wholesale side,
it comes down to marketing and conversion, right? Like marketing and sales. If I'm spending, you know, $100,000 a month in marketing, well, then I better have the personnel to be able to maximize on every single lead that's coming in, right? So I'm telling you, once you figure out that blueprint, that formula, it's just about, it's just a matter of scaling at that point, scaling the right way. And now you're, you're wholesaling everywhere, right? Yeah. So I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm wholesaling it. I'm all selling in places that I've, I've never been to, right? Uh, you know, I, I've never, I've never been to a lot of these places. You know, Ohio, never been there. You know, Memphis, Nashville, um, you know, Arkansas, Kansas City. Um, I mean, the list goes on. I, Atlanta, like I've never been to Atlanta. Actually, no, I have been to Atlanta once I, last year or earlier this year. Sorry. So, I'm, I'm virtually wholesaling across the country, and uh, like I said, I'm fixing and flipping in California. Arizona and Nevada. So um, right now, as a matter of fact, as soon as we're off this call, um, as soon as we're off this call, I'm, I'm actually, I got a bunch of um, uh, LinkedIn messages that I'm, I need to respond to because I've been trying to raise more money. I got about four, $4.4 million out and fixing and flipping. I'm, I'm trying to raise more money. So when we get off this call, I'm trying to raise more money because I have, I, I don't, I don't have a bad problem. I have enough deals, just not enough money, right? A lot of people out there have all this like sitting capital. They're sitting on capital and they, they don't know how to get deals. So I have a good problem that, uh, that I, I need to address. What do, you, what do you like doing better, flipping or wholesaling? Well, you know what? I, man, they both have their pros and cons. I'll, I'll tell you what. Fixing and flipping, it's always going to give you more of a return, right? If you were going to make $20,000 on a wholesale deal, you're probably going to make 60, 70, $80,000 on a fix and flip. So I love, I love the return uh, when it comes down to the fixing and flipping, but I love the speed and the volatility of, of wholesaling, right? So right. I'll give you an example. I can make 20K in the next five, 10 days on, on a particular property, or I can make 60, 70, 80,000 in the next three to four months. You know what I mean? So it's, it's just a matter of what your business needs as far as cash flow in that particular moment. And, and setting up, uh, like, you, you name four or five states you're in on the fix and flip. Are you are you doing that all out of your um, your location there? Or yeah. Do you have yeah, yeah. So this is our people, headquarters. Do you have people on the ground, obviously? Yeah, yeah. And yep. Like, like I told you before, I have an asset director, uh, Jaden Pudney, and he, he, he flies out. You know, he flies out, especially when we're setting up our infrastructure. Like, when we went to Las Vegas... Uh, when, we, when we started fixing and flipping in Las Vegas, he was there for about two weeks, right? We were at some of our properties and he was interviewing potential you know, uh, project managers, right? Same thing in Berkeley where we, you know, we're in the Bay Area, we're in Berkeley, we're in LA, same thing. So our asset director actually handles, he oversees all fix and flips. Like he oversees the, the private money. He oversees uh, the transaction coordination of it. He oversees um, the project managers, the contractors, right? He oversees the material. So yeah, uh, we, we're pretty, we're pretty systemized when it comes to fixing and flipping in those particular states. Um, we're pretty systemized. We, we set up boots on the ground, we set up infrastructure. Uh, and the beautiful part is because of our, our reach, as far as like our brand, you know, my brand and the brand of our company, All In Nation, um, we, uh, we, we have really good people out there in those areas. We have you know, we, we have people that are already fixing flipping the area. Like, hey, man, 
uh, do you have any contacts I can reach out to, you know, potential project managers? Yeah, I got some, right? So these are people that have, are either in our mentorship program or have came through to, came to one of our events and, um, and, and then it turns out really well. It's good, you know, you're, it's good to have a good network. And obviously adding the coaching element and all of these events has, has only added to that and to your capability. You, uh, it definitely hasn't taken people. away. Yeah. yeah, you've got people everywhere that recognize and, and know what you're doing and, and respect what you're doing already. Absolutely. Um, how, how has the, you know, getting into coaching and events the last few years and your mentorship program, how has that added to the overall uh, business? You know, I, I love, I, I love education. I love education for the following reasons. I love education because I really like to reach and reach and impact as many lives as I could. And, and I know for a fact, you know, with all the knowledge that I have and all the trial and the tribulations and the beta testing that I've done and all the money that I've spent figuring this out, I love passing that on to the next person. Now I don't do like newbie stuff, right? I, I, I wrote a book for newbies <laughs> right here, the best wholesaling book ever. Right. And anybody that's listening, if they want to go grab this book, I give it away. I mean, don't go to Amazon, you know, we, we've sold over like 35,000 copies here, but it's like, don't go there and spend 20 bucks, go to uh, bestreibook.com, bestreibook.com, grab this book, it's absolutely free, okay, absolutely free, but that's the, that's really like the only really, the only thing, and aside from like a few courses that I have for newbies, I don't handle a lot of newbies on the education side, I do a lot of executive coaching, I, I, I coach people that are ready to, to take their game to the next level, right, that are ready to set up you know, they're, they're serious about their business and they're ready to set up seven figure operations. And well, that's done for us, man, it's not only has it produced beautiful relationships across the country, but it's produced, it's produced like beautiful, a beautiful network where if I go to, and I'll give you an example, anywhere that I go and speak, right. I, I, if I go speak in Atlanta, if I speak in New Jersey, if I speak in uh, Charlotte, I have somebody there waiting for me to pick me up from the airport, hang out with me for that weekend. You know, it, it, I've created some beautiful friendships from, from the education side. The most difficult part about education is it is a rat race. It, it is a rat race. Like you got to constantly be promoting yourself. You got to constantly be promoting your events. Right. And, and then you also got to constantly be fulfilling, right? Because don't be like some of those people out there that you're going to sell a product and then you're not going to fulfill. You're not going to actually deliver on what you promised that you were going to deliver on, right? Especially when people are paying you thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars for you to actually fulfill on your end. So, um, education has its pros and cons for sure. What uh, what's changed, if if anything, in your business the last uh, year and a half with with COVID lockdowns, all that stuff? Um, you know, I feel like. COVID pushed us to do more fix and flips. COVID, what COVID did for us, I'll tell you what, when people were running for the fence back in March, this is March, 2020. I, I, I remember this vividly. I remember on the wholesale side, people were like, whoa, dude, no, we, we, we're going to sit back and see what happens here. Everybody got really scared around that time from March all the way to about May. Well, I knew for a fact that this was not going to be a recession as far as the housing market. I knew for a fact 
that, you know, it wasn't going to be a correction. It wasn't going to be a drop of 15, 20%. I mean, you've seen what has happened in the housing industry in the past year, year and a half, right? It's skyrocketed, you know, inflation, um, the, you know, equity in these houses, the, the, the value of these houses, the inventory is at, at, at you know, severe low ranges at this point, right? The demand is extremely high. Well, again, in March, when everybody ran for the fences and took a break, I made a few phone calls and I felt like my gut feeling was, hey, let's press on the gas. Everybody's running. Let's let's dive really deep in. And man, oh man, uh, because of we're seeing we're seeing the uh, the the consequences in a positive way from what we did in, in 2020. We're having the best year in our business, in our organization's history this year because of everything that we did 2020. Right. The pipeline, you know, uh, the, the marketing, everything's paying off this year and we're having the best year. Uh, actually, I'll, I'll give you an example. 2020 was the best year prior to this year. So that should tell you something. We had our highest net profitability, right? We did the most deals we've ever done. Again, I think it came down to pressing on the gas in 2020 when everybody ran for the fences. Yeah, you, you, you built up a lead that, you know, other people would just playing catch up. The whole Absolutely. After that. They took a few months. They took at least two to three months off. I remember this. I, I remember you know, like I said, I have, I have a network that, you know, extends out to, from the West coast all the way to the East coast. Right. And I remember what people were doing and, you know, I don't blame them because, you know, those were very uncertain times, especially when it all hit in March, man. I, I mean, it was, it was terrible. Right. So but it wasn't, wasn't uncertain for you though. It doesn't. No, that. no, I, I didn't, I, not for one second. Like, I mean, I have videos and content of me telling my team, Hey, you know, we're, we're, we're pressing on the gas. Everybody's running for the Hills. We're running in, everybody's running out. We're running in. And, um, and that really positioned us for where, what we're doing today. What do you, what do you think, um, you know, might be some permanent changes that come out of this? Like, like obviously during COVID people wanted bigger homes. They were okay to commute more, mm -hmm. um, you know, more outdoor space, like, you know, even how they searched for homes or, or, you know, more, more focus on virtually, like when we kind of get through all of this and hopefully we're, we're close, but uh, what do you think kind of goes back to how it was before? And what do you think, you know, changes? That, that, that's the thing, there? right? Like what I, everybody, nobody has it figured out nobody knows when the next correction or a recession or when this, this madness is going to stop. Right. The fact of the matter is two things that I, I keep a really close eye on is supply and demand, supply and demand. Hey, I mean, right now box. it's like, do you want to get a hundred tips and supply for free like way from down here, my right? best selling it, real I mean, estate before we even the start talking like, hey, you know, when do we slow it down? If right. You do, it has to go to hyperfast. Like, it, has to catch, it has to level itself out at some point, right? And you can download so I, 100 of my I, best. I really believe, I remember last year, I'm like, all right, guys, Again, quarter three, quarter four, 2021, we really got to slow down. You can download 100 tips on Brother, how right now, to I have grow a, your a business, get more clients, deliver that more value for more people. And uh, I'm gonna, uh, my exit price is going to be between 1.8 and 2 million. I'm putting around 200,000 into this property, but man, I, I might net, you know, $800,000 on this property. Because guess what? 
I bought this property four or five months ago and the value has increased and increased and increased probably an average of like 5% per month. So for me to, for me to see, and, and again, I don't control the market, right? The consumers do, the consumers do, you know, the, the demand does. So I'm just going to get it while the getting is good. And I got to make sure that, you know, what, what I have been doing, I, I will say this complete transparency is Berkeley's probably my last big project where like permits, additions, right? That, that's my last big project. I, I like to, I have a certain buy box and a criteria where I want to get in and get out, get in and get out, uh, you know, two to three, two to three week project. So you're because, usually looking at cosmetic stuff. Yep. Lip, lip, lipstick, cosmetic stuff. <laughs> I want to get in and get out. So I don't get caught, you know, swimming naked when, when, when it starts to turn because it has to turn. This is not sustainable for, this is not sustainable for the economy. I mean, if this continues down, you know, the, the way it is, people will not be able to afford properties in the next like three years, you know? So it, it has to correct itself or it has to slow down at some point. When that does happen, I, I want to be able to, to get rid of everything that I have and, uh, and, and, and be good, uh, you know, have enough capital. If it drops 10 or 15, 20%, you know, I want to be able to get in, but you know what? Even if the market drops 10, 15, 20%, I buy these properties so discounted that I, I, at worst I might break even. And, and that's, that's a good thing for me, for sure. Right. Yeah. If that's yeah. your, <laughs> yeah, I'm buying that 50, 60 cents on a dollar. You know, it's like, if it breaks even and it goes from like, hundred percent, you know, whatever the value is or the market value at the time is, and it goes to like 80%, I'm still up, you know, I'm still up. So um, I'm not too concerned about that, but I, I, I always want to keep my eye on the ball for sure. What, uh, what are you, what are your top lead sources when you are doing virtual wholesaling in so many markets? Like, how are you, our, you know, yeah, what, are our some, number, what are some of your top ways? Our, our, our number one lead source uh, believe it or not, and, and it, our number one lead source for the first, let me see, 2014, 15, 16, 17, 18, for five years. Our number one marketing channel for five years was pay-per-click, Google AdWords. Uh, cold calling since 2018, so uh, 2019, 2020. So this is going to be the third year in running. Cold calling has become our number one uh, marketing channel. So right now it's, 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 it's cold calling as a number one marketing channel. I use a company called callgeeks.com. Um, I mean, I love it because it's kind of plug and play. I don't have to train these folks, right? I don't have to train them. It's like hands off. It's like I hire them and all I see is leads, right? So my, my, my sales guys, they just see leads coming into our, our CRM or queue. So cold calling number one, uh, paper clicks number two. Search engine optimization, that means organic reach on Google, right? Through back pages, articles, things like that. That's number three. And then I have um, uh, direct mail as number four. Uh, so outside of that, I mean, those are my top four marketing channels that, again, over the past 24 months have been extremely fruitful, extremely fruitful. Awesome. Well, this has been uh extremely inspirational and, and just one amazing story that, that you shared. I mean, do you ever kind of pinch yourself and, and kind of like, you know, ask like, is, is this real? You know, when you think back, uh, like, like 
cross you know, it over and, and, and come, you know, you know, brother, this country uh, twice. But yeah, that's a, that's a great question. And something that I work on, um, I have personal development coaches that I pay because, uh, well, I never want to stop growing for one. Right. But, um, I actually lack, like, I have such a business mindset and man, it's like, I, I lack presence and I lack sometimes gratitude and I lack, right. Like you said, I lack literally stopping, looking back and look to see how far I've come. I lack that, you know, my, my, my mind has this like organic defensive mechanism of not even going back to the past. I don't remember like all the suffering that I've been through, all the trauma that I've been through, you know, my mind has a way of not even remembering that stuff. That's not a good thing. It's a good thing and a bad thing, right? Cause you, you got to deal with that stuff. Like, you know, it's like, you got to peel back the layers of the onion, but you know, I, I, I want to going back to the question you, you asked about like, Hey, do you ever just stop and like, Whoa, dude, you come a long way. I want that. I want that. And, and you know, I, I'm going to work on that. I'm going to work on that because right now, all I know how to do is just move forward. I'm like a juggernaut, you know what I mean? And like I said, like my mind doesn't, doesn't turn off. And sometimes I have, you know, I've had my, my fair share of, you know, in the past anxiety, depression, you know, mental challenges. Right. Um, so those are things that you know, a lot of entrepreneurs don't talk about. Um, I've had my fair share. You know, I, I was on, I was on pills for a few years, you know, I was on Clonopin, I was on Paxil from 2017 and 18 and 19, three years. Right. So um, I like that. And, uh, and I want to do more of that. So anybody out there that's listening is man, all you have, all you have is today. All you have is right now. So literally like nothing else matters, but the present moment, that's something that I'm working on because when I work on being present, I become more grateful. When I work on being present, I become a better husband. When I work on being present, I become a better father. When I work on being present, I actually get to relax, ground myself, and then see how far I've come. So it's a good question, man. I, I, I want to work more on that for sure. Awesome. Well, I always like to wrap up with a hyper fast round. If you're ready for some rapid fire questions here. Let's do it. All right. What's your biggest piece of advice to a new investor? Ooh, uh, my biggest piece of advice is, I know this sounds super, you know, corny or whatever you want to call it, but you're, you're not going to become a millionaire in 30 days, right? Like you have to be patient. You have to be patient. You have to trust the process that it, it's, if you don't give up, it's going to work out, Right. And you got to have a crazy amount of work ethic or else you're never going to really do anything spectacular. Like if you don't have the work ethic, you're, you're not going to do something that's like truly life-changing, right? And because if, if a lot of people out there, specifically a lot of agents, and no disrespect because agents are vital to this business, but a lot of agents out there, they have a tough time answering their phones. A lot of agents out there, they have a tough time being organized. A lot of agents out there, most of them quit in their first year. So what does that tell you, right? They don't trust the process. They're not patient. They don't persevere. So I want a lot of agents out there to listen to that and, uh, and really commit themselves to making this work. What's the, uh, what's, what's the mistake that you often see experienced investors make, like the most common one? Uh, they fail to build 
they, they, fa they fail to build outside of themselves mm. for, for whatever reason, whatever limitations, right? They fail to build a team, whether they, because they got to spend more money, whether because they, they got to, you know, they got to bring on more people and they don't want to train them. They really fail to build a business they, outside of themselves. That's, that's, a, that's a very common mistake for a lot of people out there. All right. What's uh, the biggest challenge you've ever had in business and how'd you overcome it? Finding the right people. Um, you know, <laughs> I made a lot of mistakes, man. I've, I've hired friends, I've hired family. And, uh, you know, I was like, man, <laughs> this is not going to work. Right. They don't know. They don't know that line, that thin line between personal and business. For some reason, I know it, but they don't for whatever reason. Um, finding the right people. And let me just say this. If you want to find the right people out there, you got to have principles and core values within your organization before you even go out there and start bringing in more people. Because once you bring in these people, you want them to align with your organization's principles and core values or else it's never going to work. All right. What's, uh, what's something that we'd find you doing when you're not working on your business? There's a couple of things that I like to do. I like to, you know, I like, I, I, I like to work out now and work out about four times a week. I stopped for a few years because, you know, I caught the entrepreneur bug and nothing else mattered. Right. Oh, working out. Yeah. I don't got time for that. I got to make money. Right. So, uh, <laughs> I, I, I highly recommend people, man, that, you know, it's like mind and body, right? Like mind body. It's like one will not work as well without the other. So, you know, honor the body, honor the mind, protect your body, protect your mind, and uh, you'll be firing on all cylinders. So I do like to work out and um, I like to spend, I like to spend quality time with my family. That really grounds me. I like to, you know, travel with them. I like to take them to Sedona, Hawaii, um, different places where I don't even remember I have a phone, right? Like that's, that's what I love to do. I, I just did that on, on Sunday, you know, on Sunday for most of the day, I didn't even like, I left my phone inside the house and I went outside, it was raining and me and the kids and my wife, we started like playing outside in the rain, right? So um, I, I like to do that, man. I like to really ground myself with my family outside of this whole madness. All right, last one. Where do you see yourself 10 years from now? You know, brother, for me, you know, the next three years, the next three years, I, I want to build, I want to, I want to get to a hundred million dollars. And I, I know that sounds stupid. Like, oh man, I, it's not about the money. The money just gives me a target. Right. The money, because it's like, okay, I want to reverse engineer this. It's like, okay, I have a hundred million dollar target, right? Boom. So how am I, I got to do some reverse engineering? How am I going to get to that hundred million dollars with the 31 companies that I have now? Okay. Which company should I really push? Which company should I really focus on? Also, what else do I have to build, right? To get there? You know, we have a few software companies that are launching. And uh, for me, it's like the next three years, I want to hit that nine figure mark. And overall, in the next 10 years, if I don't do something that serves the entire world, like Elon Musk did with PayPal and SpaceX, Jeff Bezos did with Amazon, right? Steve Jobs did with Apple. If I don't do something that crazy, um, I don't think I'll ever really find fulfillment uh, in business. I want to do something. I don't care. I don't care if it's here. I don't care if it's in Mexico. I don't care if it's international. I want to build something that's truly life-changing for more than just several thousand. I want to, I want to be able to reach millions of people. And I don't, it's not about me. It's about like, whatever I build, 
right? Because what people out there fail to realize is entrepreneur, entrepreneurship is like problems, solutions, right? I'll give you an example. We didn't have a cell phone, right? Some, entre- some crazy entrepreneur built a cell phone. This was a solution to a problem in society, in the world. The guy became a billionaire, right? Um, what else? I mean, if you take a look at anything, everything around us, right? Like a microphone, something as simple as a microphone. This was created by an entrepreneur, right? The headphones you're wearing, the shirt you're wearing. Entrepreneurs are creators. Entrepreneurs created these solutions and they became extremely wealthy because of these solutions. That's what it comes down to. It's not having the money in mind. It's about having the solution in mind. The money will come if you find the right solution. Well, uh, I'm excited uh, to watch you on that journey. This has been amazing. If people out there who are listening on iTunes or Spotify or watching on YouTube, if they want to learn how to connect with you or learn more about what you're doing, where, where should they go or how should they do that? Easiest way is uh, social media. Obviously, Carlos Reyes. Uh, you can find me on Instagram. I, I'm, I'm pretty uh, responsive on there. Uh, even if it takes 24 hours, I will get back to you. Um, social media, Carlos Reyes on Instagram. Um, you can find me, Carlos Reyes on YouTube. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm all over the place. Um, so, man, reach out at anything, you know, not only real estate related. If you have any kind of anything, any kind of advice you need, you know, I do love to serve in, uh, in, in the highest way. So reach out to me. Awesome. Well, thank you very much, Carlos, to all the listeners and viewers out there. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Thank you, brother. God bless. Thank you. Thank you for tuning into this episode of the Hyper Fat Show. Subscribe to us if you want to make sure you get the latest and greatest Hyper Fat Shows. And remember, we love reviews. Reviews help us bring better and better guests and improve our shows. So give us the good, the bad, and the ugly. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we will see you next time.